Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hello, everybody. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. I'm from 88.9. I'm Dory Zori. And this is Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are talking about the new film uh, starring Francis Pugh called The Wonder. May I ask, gentlemen, no one has told me what precisely is wrong with the girl. Anna O'Donnell doesn't eat. How long exactly has it been since the last time the girl ate? Four months. The Wonder is a period piece set in Ireland in the mid-1800s around the Irish potato famine. Um, And then uh, Florence (laughs) plays the classic. I can't imagine not having potatoes. Um, Florence Pugh plays an English nurse who's brought to a town to observe a child who has not eaten in four months or so, a long, very long time. Yeah. Longer than one should be able to go without eating. And so it, uh, as a phenomenon in this town, she's going to observe to see if they can figure out why or how she's going, getting by without eating. Right. I think the question in the beginning that was posed is, is this a phenomenon that can't be explained that is tied into some sort of um, religious spiritual, experience yeah. or spiritual awakening? Or are there some shenanigans going on? something afoot. <laughs> a mouth. Uh, something a mouth. <laughs> exactly. So we watched that film, and what did you think, Dory? You know, my favorite part about the film yeah. was the cinematography. Yeah. It looked beautiful. Um, I don't know what I- Ireland looked in 1862, but I feel like they did a really good job. Oh, yeah. The colors and the saturations that they used made it look, like, bleak. But also very beautiful, which is how I imagine Ireland to be. I've never been. Yeah. I always see, when you see movies set in Ireland, you always see the rolling, um, unbelievable green hills Mm -hmm. and like the little stone walls. But this one was, you have that, but with a darker hue because the film has a darker tone to it. It does. So they did do a good job with that. That was not lost on me. As far as what I thought of the film in general, I was really into the first half of it. Although they start off, Christopher, by playing with the concept of breaking the fourth wall. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk a lot about that, I think. Yeah, I think we can talk more about that in the second part of it. So that kind of set up for it kind of to be a mysterious, like, what is going on here? And I was into it for the first half of the film. And then when the big reveal kind of was happening, um, it lost me a little bit. But I think there was enough still great acting by Florence Pugh to keep you just riveted to what was going on. There's been a few things lately that I've seen with Florence Pugh where I'm like, you know, I like you a lot. Yeah. Despite everything else. I like you, Pew. Yeah. <laughs> good good job, Pew. However, I did like this movie. This isn't I mean, this is sort of one of them in the sense that I think this movie was definitely carried by her. Mm-hmm. Though I did like the story. I did like the tone. The mystery of it was sort of interesting, but I don't for me it wasn't the thing I was most invested in, so I didn't mind when they had the conclusion. That was fine. Essentially, but the rest of the film is what I was more invested in, which we can talk a little bit more about. I really did like the music, a lot of traditional Gaelic music. In fact, I think the film was nominated for a bunch of British awards and actually won one for the score. That was a really beautiful accompaniment. How much do you notice music in a film, Christopher? You know what? It depends. If it's something really familiar, then I'll I'll hear it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I'll be excited about it. Like there was some movie I forgot where they started out with Pink Floyd, which I thought was a bold move. And I was like, okay, I'm interested to see where this goes. But yeah, sometimes I don't think I notice it until it's over. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes the music is meant to just be like, oh, you, you're getting the tone that they right. intend. But you're not like, oh, that's a piece by blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think it's cool when filmmakers use music in both ways as just part to move the story along and you rarely notice it. But then sometimes it punctuates certain moments. And I think that's the beauty of where music and film come together. I would like to talk more about breaking the, is it the fourth wall? Yeah. Why they did that what it means in this film and if you guys are into that sort of thing i'd like to talk more about that in the podcast absolutely so stick around uh when we get back we're going to talk a lot more about it so stick with us do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love it's all funded by the honor system as a public radio station we're based on a very simple model We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, we're back talking about the wonder who is Florence Pugh, starring in a film coincidentally also called The Wonder. Her name was Lib Wright. I thought that name was kind of cool. Oh, in the in the movie. In the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They talk a lot about names in it. It's interesting. They talk about her, what she goes by. The little girl who she's observing asks her, were you Elizabeth? Were you Betty? And then Florence Pugh does it back to her like, you know, what do you want your name to be? Yeah, what do you think that was about? I'm not sure. It comes back later, importantly. Initially, when you hear people talking about it, you think, okay, this has something to do with identity, how you are perceiving yourself. Which, yeah, I guess does, when you consider what happens towards the end, does come into play. So I guess it was a very subtle and playful way to kind of give you a wink as as to what's going to happen, maybe. Before we get on to talking about breaking the fourth wall, did you know, fun fact, Rosaline O'Donnell and Anna O'Donnell, the two, the mother-daughter character, are real-life mom and daughter? Oh, really? Oh, that's (laughs) interesting. You know what I love? Hmm. Fun facts. Yeah. I love fun facts. Oh, yay. I'll make sure I'll do more of those fun facts. Okay, so breaking the fourth wall and why. The whole film starts off with a narrator explaining something that I think- on a film set. On a film set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because yeah, she she's on a film set, not in, you know, nineteenth century Ireland. And then they talk about how story is very important. Everyone's story is important. And then they pan over and then you start the film inside of a ship's hull, which is clearly a set that's on, you know, a piece that's on this set. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It was neat. It was neat to see it. And I will say me and Nicole, we both go. At the same time, we were like, okay, mm-hmm. well, let's see how this goes. Right. Because you know you're about to watch a period piece. They immediately set up, before you even see the period that you're in, modern day, behind the scenes. You're like, what was that for? Was that necessary? And what kind of tone is that going to set for the film? And then you go into a very typical period piece where there's just that. Mm-hmm. Where I think... One other time, sort of in the middle, a character looks at the camera and reminds you, like, again, this is about story. You know, they, they're not saying that those words. And then you see it again. It's bookmarked at the end. You see a little bit of the breaking of the wall into the set. 
without ruining the kind of reveal near the end of the story, yeah. why and the the cons- the circumstances around the girl not being able to survive by not eating. Yeah. Um, I think maybe this was a story that a lot of people have experienced through centuries, through years, and different ways of dealing with, because it's really about a trauma yeah. that happened. I think it's safe to say that without breaking any anyone's yeah, yeah. like expectations. But maybe it's the story of the trauma, that everyone has these stories and deals with them. Not everyone, but a lot of people deal with this kind of trauma. And how they deal with it is similar but different i don't yeah. does that make sense it's hard to talk about it without saying what the yeah i know was. having those bookmarked and like a little references to the fact that this is a movie but we're it's important that you know it's a movie because we're talking about people's stories i wonder if that has something to do with the fact that this is based in an era that was real you know the famine in ireland and they're talking about a girl who is not eating uh, she says she's being nourished by God's manna, yeah, manna from heaven, manna from heaven, manna from heaven. So it's almost like it's just not eat because you can't eat. I mean, there's food aplenty in this particular story. Mm-hmm. There's actually some really. I'm getting off on a tangent, but there's some great scenes of uh, Florence Pugh eating, yeah, which is just like her. It's like centered in the camera, eating not like hungrily, not like just thoroughly like eating when you're alone this is how you would eat but there's several of them but i think to contrast the fact that this girl's not eating she they show her having a full meal it was interesting anyway <laughs> well then there's not a lot of movies where you literally are watching people eat like yeah. people are sitting at a table and there's a storyline around it but yeah. just focused on someone eating and chewing and yeah and it doesn't go on like really long but mm-hmm. it's very dedicated a few seconds to be like okay i'm just eating my dinner i don't i don't I still haven't like kind of settled myself to how that breaking of the wall serves this that story, but it did intrigue me and concern me at the beginning. I was both <laughs> this could be a very interesting device or pointless, and I don't know that I've resolved that in my mind yet. I agree. I think breaking the wall like that is really well served in comedies. Yeah, that's or, true too. Or they, I mean, this wasn't supposed to be humorous at no, all. No, not at all. What or else? slightly artier films. Mm. Like, this was not arty enough for that. Yes. But if it were, I could see how that would be an interesting way to do it. So it was a little bit in between, which felt I was kind of confusing a little bit. Well, and the whole story kind of played with a concept of inside and outside. So yeah. I get that. Like, But I'm still trying to put it together. I mean, sometimes I think maybe movies are just smarter than my brain is <laughs> um, perceiving them. And sometimes I feel like they're trying to be smart in a way that just doesn't connect with me. But right. it obviously connected with a lot of people because yeah. it was nominated for a lot of British awards. Yeah. I will say, despite the fourth wall breaking, just the story proper, which is the bulk of it, you mm-hmm. can kind of put that other part away a little bit. I really liked. I liked the dark tone of it. I liked her character, which, I again, we talked about her as an actor being, like, the force of this movie. But that character is interesting because she's, like, a woman in the 19th century in Ireland who people aren't giving a lot of credit to just by that mere fact. Right. But she is not having it. She's like, no, I know what's right, mm-hmm. and you need to listen to me. And if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to do it myself. So that was really fun to see in that environment when you have this panel of stodgy uh, people who believe in like straight magic. And then mm-hmm. there's like one guy who's like, maybe I'm kind of the voice of reason, but no one's going to listen to me. And then, you know, a priest and the, and the mayor. And 
So it, it literally sitting in front of a panel of these old white men <laughs> telling her, just listen to what we're saying. I, I felt that scene yeah. quite a lot <laughs> yeah. as a woman <laughs> yeah. in the world. I bet. But yeah, she she's a widower. She uh, lost a child. So there's a lot of her internal struggles, too, that they don't really talk about. But man, her acting like when she goes home at night and she pulls out the little booties from her baby and oh, drinks yeah. a spoonful of whatever medicine gets her through the night. Like yeah. Those scenes were so powerful. Yeah. Some of my favorites. She's she's really good. I, I We talked, I think we briefly mentioned and uh, um, don't, what's the one she was just in? <laughs> oh, Don't Worry Darling. Don't Worry Darling, yeah. <laughs> With the musician, Harry Styles. I was like trying to remember his name. It was just, I had a similar, I mean, I liked Wonder. I didn't really love Don't Worry Darling. Mm-hmm. But again, these these two movies are where I'm finally on the Florence Pugh train. Mm-hmm. Like I've liked her before, but I wasn't like a, a Pugh head. Yeah. And now I'm a total Pugh head. I want to, that is funny you said that because I also feel the same way. I didn't really know who she was before seeing Don't Worry Darling. And now I want to go back and not only watch her old catalog of work, but anything new she comes out with, I'm going to give it a watch because she's that good. Yeah, she's shifted into that group of like, I may keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Also quickly just want to mention there's a t-shirt I saw that I don't know why, but I just love it. It is a bunch of pictures of... Spaceships from Star Wars, uh-huh. and but they all have Florence Pugh's head on them, and it just says pew 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 pew. <laughs> and I was like, "That's genius! Whoever came up with that is a is a genius." Holidays are around the corner. <laughs> That's right, a little gift idea for the holidays. So one of the things I'd like to add to our Cinebuds podcast is a kind of recommendation. Like if we've got families listening yeah. to this, is this a family friendly movie? Now I think it's got a rated. It's R for some of the subject matter. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of get that. But would you watch this? I mean, when we say family, we're talking about like kids, kids right? Like right. under 15 yeah. or something. Yeah. I would say no. One, I don't think they'd have much interest in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. It's too slow and dark Yeah, uh, for a kid. And also, yeah, there's a couple, I don't know. There's a couple moments that are a little bit sexy. Mm-hmm. But I am more concerned about violence than I am uh, for yep. sexuality, yep. which is I know I, we'll do a whole podcast about this one day, mm. but the rating system in America is bizarre. It is because bizarre. sexuality will get shut down fast, mm-hmm. but you can have the most vicious, intense violence, and it'll be like PG thirteen. Yeah, thirteen year old could watch that. Yeah, to um, be continued in a totally different yeah, podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but as far as content, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, there's like I said, there's some sex scenes. It's not that big, not that graphic, but I just think they'd be bored. I would give this one and a half thumbs up for the wonder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean totally? <laughs> totally. Overall? Yeah, okay. Overall. So you weren't a big fan of this one. Yeah. I mean, one and a half thumbs up is like a B. Oh, yeah. How many? Yeah. What scale are we using? <laughs> <laughs> out of 17 thumbs. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, out of, out of 34 <laughs> thumbs, I give it 21 thumbs. You do the math. That's gross. That's gross math. We don't want you to do our listeners. All right. So what is our takeaway question for our listeners this week? What's your favorite potato? This is not Whoa. film related, but I recently realized. <laughs> Would you recently discover po- a new potato? Potatoes au gratin are in my top three. Well, Yeah. Does that make is that potatoes, not potatoes, cheese, a crunchy topping? That's not controversial. For some reason, I thought that's gonna be controversial. I remember coming to the Milwaukee <laughs> film offices one day for something, and on the on the big whiteboard you had was your choose your favorite potato dish. Oh sure, yeah. What was that about? We like to engage 
on the whiteboard a lot. Right now we have like a, a bracket system for like legendary directors. Nice. Head to head. Some mm-hmm. of them have been very difficult. Favorite potato, that's a more of a softball. That, that one was a bit easier. Today it would be potatoes au gratin. What was it potatoes like a couple years ago? I mean, French fries is like the standard. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to win hands down every time. Mashed potatoes. I love a good cold potato salad if it's made right. Is that really? weird? No. I mean, I like it, but it would never break my top five. <laughs> I love where you, our podcast has gone. To. You've never had my grandma's <laughs> recipe for warm German potato oh, salad that's with true. that I bacon think, dressing. I don't think I've ever had warm potato salad. Stop. We'll fix that. <laughs> I just want to abandon movies right now. <laughs> I mean, it's been 17 minutes of talking about movies. We could talk about yeah, something but else. We can talk about potatoes for 17 more. <laughs> oh, so, so the two questions, which I will pose on our Instagram at Cinnabuds Podcast, is your favorite film that's broken the fourth wall mm-hmm. and your favorite potato, <laughs> potato prep. Yeah, I think, oh, this is going to be engaging. It's a little something for everybody this week. I think it's a guarantee I'm going to have more responses about potatoes than I have. <laughs> All right, what else have you been watching? Well, first let me say that, oh, wait, do we ever decide what one and a half out of five? Oh, I'm two thumbs. <laughs> I'm going to keep it simple, wait, but two thumbs. Out of five. No, one and a half thumbs out of two. <laughs> I only have two thumbs. Oh, I see. Oh, that is that does make a lot more sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do only have two thumbs. I can't, I don't know if I can do that. I need a six. I need a range of six. You can't do like one thumb and uh and up a, to like one just knuckle? a nail, like yeah. my the nail of my other hand. <laughs> I would give it I'd give it one and a half as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was it's definitely worth watching, if only for Francis Pugh, but there's a lot more in it that I think that her relationship with the reporter that's in it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh you're right, it is a beautiful film. So I think it's definitely worth checking out and it's uh, streaming online right now. But what was your question? I don't know. We usually talk about what else we're watching. That's right. Oh, man, what else have I been watching? I feel like we're about to do podcasts about everything I've been watching. So I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about a book I've been reading. Oh, love it. Or I had read. I just finished it. I have lately been revisiting, not even revisiting, or sometimes for the first time, children's classics mm. that either I don't remember because I was a kid when I read them or heard them. Uh, but I recently read uh, Winnie the Pooh. And uh, or when we were young, there's like four books of the Winnie the Pooh proper trilogy. And I think I read the second one, which is just straight Winnie the Pooh. And it's like one of my new favorites. Really? One, especially in this world, which is rough. It was so sweet, but not like saccharine sweet. Mm -hmm. It was very sweet, but I genuinely laughed out loud. Wonderful. And Eeyore says some of the most absurd <laughs> and wonderful things. Like, there's genuine, hilarious, weird things that they say, or very clever ways to say something that's very sweet. I, I love the characters, and I want to read the rest of these books. Is there a character that you identify the most with? I was had this exact conversation with Nicole, and we realized there's a little bit of all of them in us. But Winnie, I feel like straight Winnie the Pooh, like, I'm definitely going to get caught in a hole because I want to eat something sweet (laughs) but then an Eeyore we all have Eeyore moments which are nice because they're not just depressing Mm -hmm. (laughs) he is like absurdly sad about things but he he'll make a comeback he'll be like oh okay great (laughs) 
And now I want to reread the book so I can answer this question too, yeah. because I think there is something magical about rereading a children's classic as an adult with yeah. all those life experiences you've had You're along right. the way. And I just bought Wind in the Willows. I don't think I've ever read that, but I'm just fascinated by these children's classics right now. So I'm kind of digging in. I think you're going to inspire me to read more books. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is a great time to talk about my idea for a podcast where I get drunk and talk about books. And it's called Get Lit with Kay Polly. <laughs> and it'll probably never happen because I do not drink. But <laughs> I was going to say. I don't drink very often. No. But when you do, we'll record <laughs> yeah, seven we, episodes exactly. at a time. We'll do a limited series. Enough about me getting drunk. Uh, what have you been watching or anything? I'm going to suggest watching. There is a new season of uh, British Bake Off that is based oh. around the holiday cooking. It's like a, a shortened version of the regular season. I it's, saw that. It's delightful. Yeah. It is uh, soothing. You have a good day. Uh, you can come home and watch it and continue those good vibes. You have a bad day. You can come home and uh, relax to the soothing sounds of British Bake Off Holiday Edition. And then just, you know, I like to make sure I've got something sweet to eat while I'm watching the show. Otherwise, That's it's key. not as fun. That is key. I what We watched those two by accident. We thought we were watching the proper season. And then that, and then you see all, some of your favorites from previous seasons mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. If you are into Bake Off, then it's great because you get to see all your favorites come back. It's so nice. You know what a great pairing is? Mm. That plus a little Winnie the Pooh. What a wholesome evening you would have. Mm. And they're both British. British do wholesome really well. They really do. Oh, my gosh. I can't think of anything better than that. Well, I've got one thing better. Yeah. You do all of that while you're eating a freshly (laughs) baked pan of... Anything? (laughs) Scallop potatoes. Scallop potatoes. Or lately I've been really wanting a brownie, but only the edges of the brownie. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. (gasps) You know what? You just thought of a million-dollar idea that we'll leave all the listeners with here for you. Create a brownie pan that is a big, skinny, long triangle, so every piece is the edge of a brownie. They have that. (sighs) It's not that exactly, but it's like little squares, so Mm -hmm. it's essentially like a... A muffin version except square where mm. it's just mostly edge. Okay. I mean, of course they have that. Everybody likes the edge of a brownie. <laughs> well, right. this has been great. Mm, let's go eat. Go watch movies, eat some potatoes and some desserts. Thank you very much. Did you know that Cinnabuds is produced by Nate Amig? With our theme song done by the very talented yes. and thoughtful and kind Brett Newski. Absolutely. And we could not do this without the support of our members, both from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and from Milwaukee Film. Until next time, let's go bake some brownies. <laughs> That's right. See you next time.